Oh, you are going to love the next guest. Her name is Magna Khalifa. She is a first-generation American combat veteran, a hero, and she's also a successful business owner. After witnessing the attacks in New York City on September 11th, 2001, she joined the military. After serving two tours in Iraq, she struggled to rebuild her life in much of the same way the nation struggled to. Eventually, she overcame her challenges and started her first business. Today, she brings the lessons learned through war and life to businesses and individuals through her amazing speaking, consulting, and mentorship. Next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Patrick here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We continue to grow because of you, the listener and supporter, sharing it with your family and friends. Thank you so much. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome. We know you're going to love the show. Big shout out to all the brave men and women serving in the U.S. military, serving in law enforcement, criminal justice. We love you all. Keep up the fantastic work. I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Detecticam. This amazing company is protecting our brave men and women who protect us every day, offering mobile threat detection available for the palm of your hands. Amazing technology that can detect illicit drugs and explosives. You have to get this tool for your troops. They need it in the field. Go to cjevolution.com, see the link to Detecticam, and see how they can help you protect your troops. If you love coffee, and I know most of you do, you are going to love the coffee from Four Sigmatic. My favorite is the Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee, and I know you're going to love it too. It's not like traditional coffee because it's not made from coffee beans. It's made from mushrooms. Not the funny mushrooms, the good mushrooms. You are going to love their products, coffees, elixirs, cocos, everything you need and good for you. Head over to cjevolution.com, see the link to Four Sigmatic and get that 15% off promo code using CJEVO. I am so excited to offer my Evolve personal coaching for you. Folks, if you're facing roadblocks and obstacles in your life and you're stuck, or maybe I know somebody that needs a personal coach, I want to be that person. I want to help you not only recognize what those issues and problems are, get past them, but sustain that path towards success and happiness. Head over to the website. You're going to see a link to my coaching, and I want to hear from you and sign up for a free 45-minute discovery call. Let's begin your journey to success. On to the show with Magna Khalifa. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to have my next guest on the show. She is amazing. You are going to love her. Magna Khalifa is on the show. Are you there? I am. Great to be here. Oh, I am so excited that you're here. And first of all, thank you for your service. You have done such great things for this country, Magna. What made you join the military? Patrick, thank you for that. And thank you for yours as well. And for also serving as well, uh, two times a citizen in the law enforcement side as well. Thank you. I appreciate your sentiment. Um, I joined basically because of September 11th, um, grew up in the New York City area and saw it that day. And it was very hard to see war in my backyard. That was a shock to the system. And that uh, compelled me to join and serve. 
Yeah, it was, I remember, and you probably heard this before, I think everybody remembers what they were doing that day. I mean, that were obviously old enough to remember. Uh, I was on patrol that day um, as a young officer, and it's just, it's just a day, you, obviously, you will never forget. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something that anybody who is uh, of age, you know, has, has ingrained in their, mm -hmm. in their mind, for sure. Yeah. And we, we can't forget, Magna, I think... Some of you know you you look you listen to people you listen to politicians and I don't want to get into a political discussion but I, I think some of them forget you know what you know people like you and other brave men and women that serve in the military go through and continue to go through to protect this great country so well I I think everybody forgets how we came together mm -hmm. at that time you know there was no division everybody was together and I've never seen that. Um, before that day or afterwards and it seemed to fall apart and clearly you know we've, we've become very divided in many ways but uh, it's a shame because it was such a beautiful uh, feeling to see the country united although it was a very very dark time in our nation's history mm -hmm. now what was the hardest I mean I was in the military too a lot of our listeners uh, are or were in the military. What was the hardest part about being in the military in your opinion, from your perspective? Um, for myself, I would say, well, that's a good question. I, I, I mean, it was challenging. I mean, different, different mm -hmm. things were challenging for me because I grew up not a full city girl, more of a suburban girl, you know, from Jersey. Um, so I had to learn all these skills. You know, I never fired a weapon before I went to uh, military training, but um, so it was challenging, but I wouldn't say it was hard. Um, I don't know, perhaps I'm one of those people that <laughs> that uh, welcomed the challenge mm -hmm. and appreciated just at the end of the day, appreciated being part of something so important that our country needed. So even though, you know, I'm sure things were difficult and it, it, I've been out for 10 years now, so you forget about things over time, you know, but um, I, 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 well, certainly, you know, while deployed, losing, losing people, that was hard. That was absolutely hard. That was sure. yeah. probably the hardest part. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and seeing others injured, uh, not just Americans and American soldiers, but, you know, Iraqis as well. You know, I mean, that, that's hard. That's not something pleasant, of course. So those parts were hard. And, you know, those parts were part of combat. But as far as just being part of the military, even when we were here in garrison, I, I don't believe it was hard. I mean, was it you know, a great feeling to get just a couple hours of sleep and, you know, wake up to drill sergeants <laughs> yelling at you and everything. No, I mean, it, it kind of sucked, but I wouldn't say it was hard either. You know? yeah. yeah. Now, when you, you talk about this, and I want to get to your book in a minute, an amazing book. Um, tell us about your transition out of the military after you served honorably. You went through some very difficult times, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2007 was a very rough year, probably the roughest year of my life. Um, I had completed my second tour, uh, which in terms of loss of life of soldiers, that was, that was very rough, you know, so uh, that's how the year started. 
And coming home, I came home and everything seemed to happen at once. Everything not good seemed to happen at once. Uh, divorce. Um, I moved. I mean, these were my choices, but <laughs> I didn't realize how tough those things would be even without having just returned from war. And they were further compounded by the transition. So it made things very, very challenging. Uh, you know, moving to a new state and not knowing a soul and really not being able to relate to anyone and dealing with the health issues that I started to have when I returned that I couldn't explain. Um, so I do talk about those in the book and, you know, eventually I was able to figure out why and what was causing everything and um, overcome many of those, which was wonderful, but that was a long journey. So that year itself, though, that really tested me. Uh, the hardest time in my life, I would say, were the months, uh, you know, I came back, what was it, May, April, April 2007. So that summer and into the fall were probably the toughest months. Just um, I, I was alone. You know, I was depressed. I was um, out of, you know, my elements. I, I felt like I was, uh, you know, pulled from the womb. I didn't have my tribe of soldiers mm -hmm. around me. And, you know, it's interesting that as, as a reservist, because I was an Army reservist, when we came home, we had about a week of decompression, if you will, mm -hmm. and admin. Uh, this was down at Fort Bragg. And then we were released you know, back into the civilian wild. And at the same point, you know, when you're an active duty soldier, you come home and you decompress and, you know, you have some time off and whatnot, but then you are with soldiers again. So I thought that was an interesting, well, I didn't think about this till years later, but um, an extra challenge that uh, army reserve or, or any branch reserve uh, members have to, deal with, you know, when you come home from being in combat for a year. Now, you talk about so many, your book um, is American Dream, Discipline, Resilience, Endurance, Adaptability, and Mentorship to Succeed, succeed and Win in Life. I mean, just such a great book. I, I got it today. I told you, Magnet, I'm diving mm -hmm. into it. Just an amazing book. <laughs> and one of the things, it's all great, but one of the things that really stood out to me, and I talk about this in my book, we talked about it was mindset and how important it is, not just for military personnel such as yourself, but entrepreneurs like you are too, law enforcement. I mean, how did you develop that mindset, you know, and overcame all this adversity that you were suffering from and, you know, when you came back from combat, how did you, how did you develop that? Have you always had it or, or what, can you, can you tell us how you got past that? Sure. Well, I, I can't say that I was born with it. You know, I think it's something that, um, you know, when you're a child, you, you pick up a lot and, you know, you, you learn a lot and you develop a lot of traits probably by, I don't know, age nine or, or whatnot. So I, I definitely do credit my upbringing, um, both my geographic upbringing in the northern Jersey area, a uh, very populated area, very competitive area. Um, I credit that. I credit the upbringing by my parents, mm -hmm. uh, two, two wonderful individuals who, you know, immigrated, both of them came over here from different countries to very different cultures. And, 
you know, they instilled a lot of characteristics in us. Um, they didn't coddle us. You know, it was a lot of tough love. And I try to highlight in that in the book because I think those um, two elements right there, you know, where I grew up and how I was raised, if you will, uh, helped me develop a tough mindset that helped me in life through many instances. And in particular, um, just like in the first chapter, the golden hour, you know, when I was really in my darkest moments after war and had to make a decision, you know, um, am I going to press the easy button or um, try to grow past this pain? Uh, so I, I credit, you know, parenting, great parenting and, um, you know, tough love and also uh, just environmental um, influences, you know, being in an area where, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of hustle in this area. And I think um, people who grow up in cities, at least in this New York City metropolitan area, you have a special kind of uh, resilience that you develop that you can take with you, you know, um, anywhere in life and that you can use to overcome a variety of obstacles that are in your way. Yeah, well said. And, I, and I'm a firm believer, Magdalene, and I'm assuming you are, that you are who you surround yourself with. You know, I mean, influences in your life, you know, you, you need to surround yourself with people that are lifting you up and not bringing you down. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so, I, uh, so important. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. And I didn't realize that lesson or learn that lesson until later in life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because of that, I maybe didn't make the best choices um, several times in my life with who I was surrounding myself with. And once I learned that lesson, I learned it well, and it was very clear to me what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Now, talk, talk about the book. I gave the listener a little glimpse into what it's about, and you've been talking. We've been talking about it for a while now. Tell us about your book, and what was what was the catalyst? Did you always want to be an author? Did you always want to? Because it's very tough, Magna. You know, to talk about your, you know, your your struggles, your your weaknesses. You know, putting yourself out there. Did you always want to be an author? Not at all. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> prior to. Um, uh, March of this year, 2019, I, being an author or writing a book was not at all in the radar. And I, I do talk about in there what the exact catalyst was, but basically um, it became very clear to me. I needed to share my story mm -hmm. and because it's unique in its own way. I mean, portions of it are unique in its own way. Um, and because I finally realized that to really connect with people when you care for people and want to help and serve humanity, you have to connect with them. It made sense to be raw and real because that's the only way people who need to hear your message are going to relate. So, you know, I, I, it just made sense to put it all together in a book. So I thought I would write it as a memoir, but rather, you know, than just tell my story, I wanted to provide value on the way and assure that readers can get something out of it. So I made it a little bit interactive. You know, there's places, excuse me, places in the book that uh, people can take notes and answer the questions, um, just a little bit of it. 
And I, I try to force the reader to think about their situation. And even if their, their story, their life does not remotely align with mine, that's fine. That's okay, because they can still get value. And, you know, hopefully, by the end of the book, they're thinking about their lives, and perhaps their struggles, mm -hmm. and how maybe they want to approach things differently now, or, um, you know, if, if they want to go in a different direction or explore different things, you know, little, little steps, even baby steps to improving yeah. their lives. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I love it because you, you talk about, you know, that you wrote this book because, you know, you want people to achieve that American dream that we've all grown up with, you know, hearing time and time again. And one of the things you talk about, uh, again, you talk about so many great things, but you talk about the freedom triangle. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you talk about that and why should we all strive to achieve this in our lives? Sure. Well, so the freedom triangle is based upon what I found has been very fulfilling for me in my life. I would say in the past year and a half, perhaps, uh, not much more than that. I think I finally achieved uh, the elements of the freedom triangle, which are uh, health freedom, time freedom, and mind freedom, which I discussed and go over in detail in the book. And the reason that I put it out there as such is because I want people to start thinking about success in life, not just about it being, you know, how much money you have in the bank or, or whatnot, but, you know, to really strive for this for themselves, you know, because in the long run, it, you, you, when you have peace, when you have inner peace, you can embrace anything else that you want to do. You can actually overcome obstacles that years before when you didn't have that inner peace would have crippled you. So it's a state of being that everybody can get to on their own. They can take their different paths to get there. So I try to show my example. And, you know, that's why I started the story when I was young. And, you know, just so people can follow the character development, if you will, of my life. And um, perhaps it will help explain to them more how you can go from, you know, being this way and thinking this way and getting past things that hold you back because that's oftentimes, you know, the anchors that keep us from becoming the best versions of ourselves. But we have to find that inner peace. And, uh, you know, so many people have, have achieved, you know, they have success in whatever it is that they're doing um, and they're content, but something's missing. And I truly do believe that that inner peace is a difference. And the reason that that has become so clear to me besides it being part of my own journey is because um, having, you know, worked with so many veterans and having uh, through veteran nonprofits and, and whatnot and having uh, so many veteran friends who have um, unfortunately succumbed to suicide. I, you know, great people, great people. And I realized that they just unfortunately didn't find that peace. So I thought it was an important message to, to get out to them and to everyone because so many Americans struggle. I mean, we see the results of that based upon, you know, the, the opioid epidemic, the polypharmacy, which is the over prescription of uh, medications to deal with a lot of different health issues, 
you know, so we're turning to something to hide our pain and to deal and cope, but we have the tools within us. And, you know, I mean, there's, we can get, have a long conversation about why that has changed in the past 20, 30 years, yeah. of course. Um, and I address some of those um, reasons in the book, but if we go back to the fundamentals, you know, about life, we have, everybody has this because again, tying back to what you say about mindset and what I believe as well, you know, if we just shift our thinking a little bit, we're able to achieve so much Mm -hmm. on our own. And that's a powerful feeling that, that when you achieve the elements of the freedom triangle, you become unstoppable. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, uh, Magna, that, you know, as kids, most of us, you know, are just, we're unstoppable. You know, we have this, such a <clears throat> zest and zeal for life. I'm not saying adults don't either, but it's, you know, when you're a child, it's like you're unstoppable and you can do anything, but it's only when we become adults for most of us. I'm not saying everybody, but for most of us, it's like, we, we just, we just settle, you know, a lot of us. So we just settle for mediocre when I agree with you hundred percent. You have the power to do anything you want. I know it's a cliche, but it, it's so true. If you want to change your life, you can do it. You have the power. You know, God gave us whatever you believe in, whoever you believe in, higher power, whatever. We have all the tools that we need to do anything we want to do in our lives. Mm -hmm. We do. We absolutely do. And it's a shame that... Uh, too many people, too many, you know, Americans today um, shortchange themselves. They shortchange their goals, their dreams, mm -hmm. their ambition. And, you know, sometimes they do it because of societal norms. You know, they feel, you know, they should be at a certain place or they shouldn't be doing other things. And, you know, I, I look at folks and I think, why not? You know, what's stopping you? Why do you care? You know, people put too much um, too much emphasis on what others believe and think. <laughs> yeah, they do. You're right. I mean, everything you want is on the other side of fear, right? The yeah. saying goes. Absolutely. And, you know, you're not doing it for others. I mean, you're doing it for yourself first, and then you can help others. But if you're worried about what other people think, then you're holding yourself back. And that's, you know, it's something you see commonly, you know, people want to bin everybody into categories and have uh, definitions of, you know, where people should be. And, and of course, I, I mean, I look at it simply as good and evil, you know, or if you're a good person doing good things, great, run with it, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just avoid evil and, you know, become the best version of yourself. But, you know, people give in too much to pressure, you know, to trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to do what they believe everybody else or society as a whole believes they should be doing. And they shortchange their happiness and they shortchange their productivity and their goals and dreams. And I'm a firm believer, and I know you are too, in the law of attraction. You know, I, I really do believe what you put out there, you're going to get. You know, if you think that there's scarcity and lack, and I love what you talk about in your book, we live in a greatest era, an era in history, I think. Uh, we live in an era of abundance, but a lot of people out there think there's just nothing but lack. And I got to tell you, and you believe this, Magna, I know, but for the listener, if you believe that, that's what you're going to get. That's what the universe is going to give you. Am I wrong? 
That is so true. That is so true. I look at the people that are in my life now um, that were in my life two years ago, mm-hmm. and they're amazing people, and they influence me and have a positive impact in my life, which in turn makes me a better person. And I'm able to be more productive and just a better human overall. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, and that's something we can all seek, which um, the acronym DREAM, D-R-E-A-M in my book, and M stands for mentorship. And that's why I'm a big uh, advocate for mentorship, because when we try to figure too many things out on our own, you know, that's great. We spend a lot of energy, but we can waste a lot of time. You can't do it. You know, it's, it's harder. I mean, it, you know, perhaps you'll be able to, but it could take decades to get yeah. there on your own. Yeah. Um, there's no shortage of positive re- results-oriented mentorship that's out there mm-hmm. for well, anyone. And, yeah, and why wouldn't you, like you said, you know, cut down on the learning curve if you can. I have a coach. I have a mentor. I think everybody should. I mean, when I started getting into the coaching, Magna, I, first of all, I realized that I needed a personal coach too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I needed to continue to evolve and, and become better. But I love it. You talk about, you know, everything, discipline, resilience, endurance, adaptability, mentorship, all needed for success, which leads me to my next question for you. Have you always, because you're a successful business owner right now, entrepreneur, have you always had that entrepreneurial bug in you or or what? Because you're super successful now. I've always been creative and curious uh, since I was a child, and that had a lot to do with because um, my dad's influence. Uh, him and I were very um, similar in that respect. You know, curious about life and wanting to learn and trying new things and doing new things. Um, so that's always been in there. And yes, uh, when I was young, and I do talk about a couple stories uh, of, of my entrepreneurial endeavors. But at the same point, he groomed me to take the traditional career route, you know, go to college and get a job and, uh, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder and put in the time. And he came from a different generation where people did stay at companies for, you know, 25, 30, 40 years of their life, and they retired and I think those and days whatnot. are gone. Yeah, those days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. So I think necessity um, plus that curiosity uh, about everything in life kind of bore that spirit in me early on. And then so I started my first business when it made sense, you know, when all the elements, um, you know, were pointing to uh, a sign that said, you need to really, you know, as an adult, start your own uh, business. Um, just like those elements were pointing, you know, earlier in the year, you need to write a book <laughs> and get your story out there and help others that way, you know. So, um, yeah, have to trust your gut and listen to your instinct and be open, open-minded. And, you know, too many people are distracted, right, yeah. because they have a lot of drama in their life or they're on, you know, medications, legal or illegal, or, um, you know, they spend their entire day on their phone and uh, looking for notification updates and letting that, you know, dictate their life. And they don't live life intentionally. And, you know, because of that, they miss the clues, the the signs that the universe are trying to point out to them. Yeah, very, very, very well said. And I agree with you. Do you, do you have uh, any type of 
morning routine that you, you do when you wake up? And if you do, what is it? It's, um, it's changed a little bit based on, you know, in terms of order, (laughs) (laughs) um, in terms of order, but absolutely first thing is, I, I guess we can call it meditation. Um, you know, I express my gratitude for, you know, I just, stay present and express my gratitude for everything in my life. And, um, that's always the first thing. And then, um, I also, (laughs) uh, go over my plan of attack for the day, if you will, the main mission and (laughs) (laughs) issue and upward. Um, but I, I chuckle because, uh, I've gotten to a point where my sleep is so deep that I'm able to actually, work on that planning while I'm sleeping. So many times it's very powerful. It doesn't happen every single morning. Um, but many times when I wake up, you know, I'm coming straight from that dream where Mm -hmm. I solved the problem. I figured out how I'm going to circumvent a roadblock that I have been dealing with. So I take it, I, you know, keep a notepad by my, um, bed and write, write it down and, you know, go over that um, and just charge forth each day. I mean, it's, it's a joy to wake up. Yeah. I can say there was definitely a time in my life where it was very hard to wake up. And it was, um, yeah. it wasn't, you know, those were the dark days. But now life is good. Life is so good. It's yeah. mind-blowing how, how we can change our lives if we really want to. Yeah. And, and I love what you say about you know, starting the day, you know, being grateful, you know, before my feet even hit the floor in the morning, I am going through all the things I'm grateful for. First and foremost, I'm grateful to be alive. And I, and I really think that because I, you know, meditate, you know, engage in mindfulness daily, I, that has changed my life. That has really been the tipping point <clears throat> since I left law enforcement. I never did it. Uh, well, I did it before. Uh, I left, but not to the degree I do it now. And that has made all the difference in the world. So it's really, really cool that you do that. Because I think if more people did that and, and it, you know, when, when people, and you know, Magda, or, you know, you talk about, you know, meditation, people think, you know, robes and sit. No, it's just, it's, you could just sit there in silence for a couple of minutes. I mean, that's meditation. Mm-hmm. Really, that can change everything. Absolutely. Especially when, you know, the day is busy and you, you know, you have meetings and calls and uh, traveling and and you're doing so much, you know, you need that time to reflect. I believe at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, that's, that's the method I use, you know, Mm -hmm. people use uh, different methods, Um, but it works. And I I look forward to it. It's a very peaceful moment um, where you're present and you're able to, you know, guide yourself. And that's a very powerful feeling to have that kind of control um, over your, your destiny. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's next for you? What's, what's on the horizon for, for Magda? Sure. Well, you know, I <laughs> have a lot of projects in the works, have several businesses. Yeah, and, I imagine. You know, keeping busy with everything. But um, I really would, the book just came out um, just maybe three weeks ago. So, uh, part of the reason I wrote it is to find out who, who really gets the messaging and who wants more because then I am able to develop more for 
that group. And I didn't want to have assumptions. There were, you know, it, it, I wrote the book essentially in three weeks. And then I spent the balance of the six months minus the production at the end um, uh, trying to, you know, I reduced it by two thirds. It was very long. Um, and to keep it as general as possible so that it could serve the most people. But at the same point, you know, not everybody's going to be everybody's cup of tea. And, you know, I'm raw and real. Um, there are a lot of mentions of Slayer in there. And <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real, you know. And Megadeth. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I was a metalhead back in the day. I was, I, you know, I was in the army, Magnus. So oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of <laughs> settled down a little bit, but uh, yeah, we, you know, you and I could, you know, we, we, we are on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of the best stuff, but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, and I understand, you know, I, I, you know, was, I'm hoping to help younger generations because that's where I believe, uh, it, there has been a disconnect because of technology, because of the world we live in today. And that um, a lot of those dream elements, the discipline, resilience, endurance, adaptability, at least those four right then and there, those are dying. Those are harder to attain. Those you do not see as many examples of because you know, we live in the soundbite generation. And it's a shame because without those elements, everything could be going right in your life. But then when you hit a road bump, you're going to fall and you're going to fall hard. So I wanted to highlight how important those things are yeah. and how people can develop those if they don't already have it. Well, American Dream, Magna Khalifa, how can people find you? Magnus, sure. They, well, they the, want to reach out. The book website is americandreamthebook.com. And uh, there's a link in my bio at the bottom to my personal site, magdakhalifa.com. I encourage anybody who uh, hasn't read the book to read the book. And, you know, if it does not resonate with them, please pay it forward and pass it on to somebody who you believe can learn something, get some value from from the lessons in the book, because there are a lot of um, different areas that I cover that I think uh, can benefit many people. Um, reviews, of course, are welcome because that helps get the word out about what is in there and how it can help um, different people. And if people want to uh, sign up for the newsletter, there is a, a link on the website, americandreamthebook.com, as well as um, they can text the word bulletproof to 22828. So that's bulletproof as in bulletproof mindset. Well, Magna Khalifa, thank you so much for your honorable service to this great country. You are a true patriot. Thank you so much for what you're doing. You know, and, and again, much success to you in the future. Everything will be linked up in the show notes, your book, uh, everything you just said. And we wish you nothing but most, most success in the future, Magnet. If you need anything, please reach out to me. Thank you very much for having me, Patrick. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com.
You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.